brought to you by Leaving the Ring Network. All boxing, no filter. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the pound for pound best radio show around the world. It's Leave It In the Ring. Wherever you are, uh, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, in the Valley, New York, or even Midwest, doesn't matter. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're probably as pumped up as I am. Finally, we're going to get it. Goliath versus David, or is it the hyena versus the wounded lion? Saturday night on the zone, Canelo enters the ring against the big crusher, Kovala. I don't know about you, man, but... Um, this fight to me is up in the air. Uh, I see a lot of folks are picking Canelo, rightfully so. He has been on a winning streak. He has improved. Uh, he has actually has, you know, uh, gained that confidence in being the 160 pounds. But now he's venturing up into the 175 pound division. We have a lot of stuff here to talk about on Leaving the Ring. I'm going to break it down, give you their pros and cons between the two uh, before they step in November 2nd. I tell you, there's a lot of stuff to look at on paper, off paper, what they've accomplished in the ring, and maybe some trouble outside of the ring could play with their mind and strategy uh, on Saturday night, November 2nd, on DAZN. Well, first, let's go with this. The obvious is... Obviously, right? Koval is the bigger guy. Sergey Koval, the crusher, is the bigger man. He's the more natural 175-pound fighter. He's six foot. He's got a long reach. Um, this guy is known to drop his opponents with a beautiful jab that he throws, and he's got a crushing right hand. But what is his, what is his Achilles? Well, some are going to say he doesn't like it to the body. And as myself and many other folks have said, who does? Who does like it to the body? Have you ever been punched in the side of your ribs or in your in your solar plex? You know, it's not a fun feeling. Trust me, it's it's not it's not great. Even if somebody gives you a nice punchline and shuts you up on a on a bad joke, uh, it's not a good feeling. So I think positively, anybody that gets punched on the on the, any side of their stomach, it's gonna it's gonna give them that ouch factor and make them rethink what they want to do. So <clears throat> we already know that. I believe both guys, because I mean, even when Gennady Golovkin got in with Canelo in the first fight and second fight, when he did touch that body, he didn't like it as well either, Canelo, you know, as, as likewise as uh, Gennady Golovkin. So here's the thing, okay, and, you know, Andre Ward obviously proved um, that when you go to Kovala's body is going to slow him down. But if you go to anybody's body, it's going to slow him down. But let's just go with that, okay? Andre Ward was able to get to Kovala's body successful in the rematch. And he was able to shut him down. Now, some of them were below the belt, but some of them were on the belt, and some of them were in the midsection. And it took out a lot of steam out of the punches of Kovala, right? But here's the thing. Canelo being 5'8", is not your real pressure fighter. And I've mentioned this numerous times on other episodes of Leaving the Ring. He's one of those guys that enjoy sitting back and allowing you to make mistakes so he can capitalize it. 
So my question is, is even with Kovala being the taller, bigger man who you would think is going to be the pressure fighter. Well, Kovala still, I mean, I mean, not Kovala, Canelo still got to figure out how to get to the body. If Kovala comes out strong and establishes a jab, how does he do it? Well, he's got to apply a little bit of pressure. He's got to come forward just a bit. You know, being the shorter guy, I, if I was on his team, I would obviously make Kovala come to me. I would tell him to hang to back, hang tight, relax, allow Kovala to be first. When you make him first, he's going to commit. And then when he commits, then you start, you know, uh, tagging upstairs, make him raise his hands up high, make him believe that you're going to headhunt the whole night, that the body strategy is out the door. And then slowly start working at those body shots. But like I said, going into the mouth of the lion who may have a loose tooth is still very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. And that's a territory that Kovala, I mean, that Canelo hasn't been yet. Because, you know, facing the best at 160, you're jumping up 15 pounds. And you're jumping up uh, on a guy that really... Some thought he was on his way out, but either way, I mean, he's a dangerous, dangerous puncher. The last thing that goes for a puncher is his punch, right? So I have a lot of questions in that is how does he get to the body? Can he get to that body? How is his reaction when Kovala lands either the jab or that crushing right hand? Because that's something we haven't seen. We know that Canelo's got a really, really good chin, okay? We, we know that. From 140, even though he was rocked by Jose Cotto, uh, Miguel Cotto's older brother, but I think that had all to do because, you know, he's draining himself. Uh, the kid's always been a naturally big guy, you know. But well, I'll get back to that. But 147, we know he had a good jaw. Uh, 154, we knew he could take a punch. But 160 was the, 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 the air wasn't clear yet. You know, remember when he went up and he decided to fight Miguel Cotto, who was the Lanier uh, middleweight champion, taking away that title away from uh, Sergio Martinez. You know, Cotto didn't really test for, for us, for a lot of us. Wasn't the real, it wasn't, the, he didn't set the bar on whether or not uh, Saul Canelo was a true middleweight. And I don't even, I, I, even his handlers didn't believe that yet. So that's why they, they opt uh, giving up the, the Lanier title and 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 they left Gennady Golovkin hanging for a bit, waiting for his time. Then he finally gets in. He gets in with Triple G, who's the big puncher at the middleweight division, and he gets clipped. And guess what? He took it and he shook it very well. You know? So I think going up to 175, that's unknown territory for myself, who likes to analyze the sport. Uh, as a fanatic, as you guys as well, who tune in and listen to Leaving Ring, um, we we have to find out, which we would find out within three rounds, can he take Kovala's right hand or even le left jab as well as he's done to other middleweights, right? like the way he took uh, Danny Jacobs' right hand. Uh, you know, uh, Triple G, who I just mentioned, he, he took him well. He was able to absorb... Uh, the power and then return it with his own counter punches. You know, he, his reaction was, was in split seconds, which you want to see in your, in, in the fighter you're betting on or the fighter you're looking at to see whether, well, let's see if he can do well. Does he belong in his division? Well, that's the same. That's the thing 
scenario here when he gets in with Kovala. Can he take that true 175 punch that most guys, remember this, now most guys, Anthony Yard was actually more of a cruiserweight. Might have gassed out, but eventually the power of Kovala came in in effect. The pressure of Kovala came into effect. The boxing skill of Kovala came into effect. You know, you know, Yard Yard absolutely didn't have the experience level that Kovala, that Canelo or Kovala had, right? But he had the size. And he was able to hurt Kovala, which I don't, I hate to, t I mean, I don't think any of us are going to be astonished. I think the only ones that are kind of like thrown back is when we hear, you know, uh, fans and media pick Canelo by KO over Kovala. I, I just, I don't see that happening. I see it if anything is going to go all the way 12 rounds championships, championship fight. You know what I mean? That's what I see, you know. But Yard was able to keep Kovala off of uh, off of him for a bit with his with his power, but it was you know treading slowly. Kovala was able to get himself back into the fight, establish his jab and his power and and his IQ in the ring, and it took over. You know, so there's things you can't take away from from Sergey Kovala at all. There's things you can't overlook. M my question would be: Here's the thing. My question is. You know, I, I'm not going to say how serious is he about this match. Obviously, this is a very serious match because there's big money involved. Uh, it's a big fight for him in a way that Bernard Hopkins seized the moment when he got into the middleweight tournament that was offered by Don King in facing uh, Tito Trinidad. Took, he took it very serious. You know, he didn't take it as a guy that was coming for one 147 who, looked, who was dominant with crushing power and then comes 154, shakes the world up, then jumps in and gets uh, uh, William Joppy and knocks him out in great fashion in five rounds. And and he looked at, he, he didn't look at it like, well, you know, this guy, William Joppy wasn't that great. I, you know, I, could be, I should be able to beat this guy. No, he analyzed Tito Trinidad. He, he watched him. He understood what he was up against. And I'm getting that sense Kovla is in that same position, should be in that same mind frame. I know what I'm up against. I'm up against a superstar. I'm up against the promotion promoters. I'm up against the network. I'm up every, you know, my wall is a back, is against the back. And there's nobody really backing me up. I have to follow through and I have to accomplish only what I can 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 get done, which is putting hands on the superstar and stopping them and making sure that the judges see, if it goes 12 rounds, a sided fight for him. Okay. So what does he bring? What, I mean, let's, let's just backtrack a little bit because I think I'm just rambling away here a little bit. But So what does he bring? His height, his power. Uh, he's not the fastest cat in the world. You can't say he's super quick, but I, but I think he has moderate speed. His speed is just enough because, you know, what he does, he does very well. He does very good. If he didn't, Andre Ward wouldn't have had trouble with him with the first fight. Uh, Andre Ward was able to go back in the rematch and adjust and kind of see what he needed to do. I remember I remember when that fight was announced, after, I'm sorry, after the fight happened between Kovala and Ward in that first fight, I had Kovala winning that fight. But I had said this, if the rematch was to happen... Kovala, to me, fought the perfect fight. Could he fight any better? 
Ward is the one that would have to come in with a better game plan. He would have to come in, you know, uh, with these minor adjustments to beat Kovala. And he did that, you know. So with that being said, I, I knew that Kovala is a all well-rounded fighter, even though he was outsmart by, by Ward, who's a special fighter. Canelo's a very special fighter, but it took Ward two times. It took him a run twice to figure out Kovala, to understand what Kovala had, because you don't really know until you step in the ring with a big puncher what they pack. Is it real bricks in his hands, or is it over-exaggerated? And that's where same thing goes for when Canelo got in with Triple G. They were, they were still susp you know, suspicious of whether or not the 160-pound killer at the time was really the killer that was everybody was saying, the boogeyman of that division. And it took him a second time around to go in there with a bit more confidence. So now again, he's going into the unknown. So Kovala going in with that power, well, I would say that he has to establish it right away. He's got to actually impose his size and his power immediately in that first, second round. He's got to let the superstar kid, the golden boy for Golden Boy Promotions, that he's the boss. That you're in my house now. You left the 160 home. You're at 175 house. You walk through the, the door and don't forget to wipe your feet. Because now you're going to find out how the big boys run. Because Kovala's not used to fighting, you know, smaller guys. I mean, Ward moved up from 168. That wasn't, a, you know, I mean, it's a big jump at that time to go to 175. But still, Ward is a big kid. If you ever met him up front, which I have in person, he's a big guy. You know, when he told me he was going to 175 and he had said, yo, I'm even thinking about heavyweight division at that time when he was active. I looked at him like, damn, I could see you going to 175. Eh, heavyweight, I wasn't too sure about. But 175, I definitely was able to see that because of his size. You look at Canelo. I mean, I, honestly, I look at him and I'm like, okay, 160 is the limit. <laughs> 160 is the limit. Why? Because of his stature. 5'8", bulky kid. Um, just, I'm right now, I'm still, I'm thinking about it. I can't picture him being this huge figure, very dominant figure at 175. You know, I, I, I said, I think this is a test of waters here to see whether or not uh, the tequila is smooth or it's, or it's burning. I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know what the play is, you know, but I certainly know the play for Kovala. They they have to establish themselves as the host, not not the guest on Saturday night. They gotta establish themselves. My my question would be this because Kovala's got some legal problems, is we we've seen this with fighters. When they have some legal issues, it can distract them. The one thing about boxing is you gotta be a hundred percent focus it's like it you know you gotta be on that narrow road the only thing you should be thinking about is your fight coming up and what your opponent is gonna do and not do and how do you capitalize that and if you get on rough roads how do you smooth it out you know and and when i think about when i think back about fighters that had legal problems uh, and I saw that some of you know some are very professional. They're able to separate themselves from that and just zone in in, in their job that's in task in front of them. And then there's some that just can't do that. 
Diego Corrales comes to mind automatically when he stepped in the ring facing Floyd Mayweather. Obviously, Floyd, you know, uh, didn't make it any better for him that night because he was facing one of, at the time, uh, I thought in that division, Floyd was at his peak, his best, right? And Diego Corrales kept looking up at the big screen to see his cut or to see the time. Uh, and you could see that there was something playing in his mind. There was something just not completely right. Well, Kovalo, we don't know yet. He's got some legal issues. He's going to face that after the fight. So that's got to be lingering in his mind. He's also got to, it's what's lingering too. I think what's got to be burning, he can use this, is that he's the underdog. He's, he's the guy that's been established in this division. And guess what? He's not being respected by the insiders, by the fans, by the promoters, by anybody. He's not being respected, and he needs to use that. He needs to fuel that in him. And, 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 and then Saturday night comes, he needs to release that on Canelo. Punish him for putting him in that position. Because he's already been in the position that he's probably done and he's over with. He's, the, the goods is probably, we've seen the best. Andy Ward obviously punched it out of his, out of his midsection. The best that he can offer. Then Alvarez goes in, who he had a fight, and then he gets knocked out because he was being the pressure guy, and he was being the pressure guy with a dumb game plan where he walked into a punch because he should have watched Alvarez fight before. That's how Alvarez fights. He's a counterpuncher. Canelo is a counterpuncher. You see where I'm going? Canelo is a counterpuncher, but does Canelo have the power to hurt Kovala? Well, I'll tell you what, the only way he has the power to hurt Kovala is if he makes Kovala work for his punches. And what do I mean? What do you mean, Dave? Work for his punches. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back in Canelo's last fight. Danny Jacobs, tall guy, six foot, either maybe six foot or six foot one, right? Athletic. Went balls deep with Gennady Golovkin. Probably gave him one of his toughest fights before Triple G went in with Dermachenko and, and, and Canelo, right? But what was Canelo able to do at 5'8 against a six-foot guy? Well, he was able to numbify Danny Jacobs' jab. He was actually able to make Danny Jacobs hesitate in sitting down on punches and letting his hands go. Can it be the weight maybe finally caught up because he's a bigger guy and, and making weight's been tough for him? That eh, could be a lot of things. But what you can't take away is what Canelo's improved, his head movement. He, how he slowly inches his way in the pocket and how he slowly takes away your confidence. He's, he's more an elusive fighter then we've seen any Mexican fighter in a long time. You know, Jorge Paez is one of the guys that comes to mind to me, for me, was a great defense whiz. But wasn't... Well, I want to say wasn't. I, 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 let me go back with Canelo. Canelo, to me, has shown that he's developed and he's more, de he's more polished than what we've seen, you know, in the lower weight division. The lower weight division, he was struggling, making weight. Um, he had to chase down some of his opponents because they were movers, they were boxers. Now he's moving up, and these guys are bigger. And you know what? 
They want to impose their size. Danny Jacobs' game plan was to box Canelo. And guess what? He couldn't do it. He looked puzzled in the rings at, at times facing Canelo. Canelo's head movement really had him, has had his eyes of Danny Jacobs' eyes searching for the target. And when he couldn't find it, you saw the will just kind of drift into the crowd. And Canelo took over. So that would be my thing that Canelo needs to make Kovala do. Is allow him to be the pressure guy. Allow him to come forward. And you just use that beautiful head movement. And then little by little, you touch that body. When he throws that right hand, you throw a left hook to the, to the, to the side of his ribs. When he throws the jab, you jab underneath his jab to the midsection, to the solar plex. You just slowly chip away that iceberg and watch it melt. And then when the seventh and eighth round and ninth round come around, then that's when I would advise my guy, okay, let's start putting a little bit more pressure. We made a miss, and we all know this. In boxing, when you don't land on your target, you're exhausting fume. And especially if you're being tagged and you're not tagging anything solid and you're getting hit slowly, especially if you're getting tapped to the body. Slowly, the air is being seeped out of that, of your tires. And that could be the turnaround. And that could be where Canelo can get maybe, maybe, remember, it's a big maybe. Maybe he can get that TKO over Kovala. It's a huge, huge task, task in my opinion. Is it, is it really the route that I would go? You know, is, you know, allow Kovala to look more in control for eight, nine rounds, and then you slowly hope, it's the big gamble, that when you decide to put real pressure on him, that that huge mountain just crumbles, avalanche down to the canvas. I, I'm not sure I would want to do that. Because you're leaving it on the judge of hands. And I know a lot of you guys will be like, well, if it goes to the judge, it's kind of a little, you know, successful, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? That's not always the case. Oscar De La Hoya lost the decision in Vegas. You know, Pacquiao's lost the decision in Vegas. So it, that's not always the case. You know, I just not, I just wouldn't bank on, you know, Giving rounds away to make a guy miss, which I think would be the smart move in Canelo's part. But if you really want to solidify that you you look good at 175, you're going to probably have to play a little danger game, which is dare to be great. You know, and, and, and to be honest, Canelo has never had that killer instinct. Canelo is, is more content in winning. And I think that's why it slowly fans, it, it took fans to kind of, you know, get butter up by him. Because especially Mexican fans, Mexicanos, we want our warriors to go out there and, you know, have that seek and destroy mentality. That Azteca warrior mentality. Go out there. Leave it in the ring. Don't leave it to the judges. Leave the deciding moment in that ring. 
And, and Canelo at times has, I mean, look at the Danny Jacobs. There was a lot of folks that were bored with that fight. They were like, man, this fight was boring. He didn't really try to apply any type of pressure. He was content making Danny Jacobs miss. He was content outboxing him. So that's why I say I don't see Canelo going for a TKO over Kovalev. I see him in and out of the deep end of that division, and especially in those rounds, and being content that he's able to make the big man miss and he's able to tap him here and there and win a relatively boring fight, if maybe, if, if Kovala allows him. My, my question is this. If Canelo decides to go into the mouth of the lion and attack the body with pressure style, with Mexican style, well, does Kovala have the legs to box? Does he have the legs to, to box and get away from a short 5'8", stocky, fast hands, quick reaction, experienced fighter, does he have the legs to maintain that? To stay away and box? I don't know. I also don't know that can Canelo do that with a bum knee. He's had an operation on that knee. Is that something I've been asked? I don't know if anybody's asked uh, Canelo if, have, if given a chance. I mean, in media, has anybody asked how's that knee doing? How is he going to react when a bigger guy leans on him? Puts a lot of pressure on him? Will that knee allow him to be the mover in this fight? If Kovala decides to say, F it, let's just go at, let's go for it. Let's make this a war. Let's go blow for blow, buddy. This is a knuckle game, right? Can Canelo afford that? Can he keep the bigger guy off with a knee like that? So I think both of those guys have to answer questions on that night. And, and whoever implicates a game plan. I mean, my opinion is if I'm on Kovala's team, which Buddy McGurr told me in an interview, they don't, he don't watch tapes. Doesn't watch any tapes of Canelo. Which, running off of memory, you've got to watch Canelo's fights, right? And you got to notice that Canelo doesn't do well against boxers. Arizona Laura, Floyd Mayweather, when Gennady Golovkin decided uh, in the second half of the rematch to, to box, Canelo doesn't cut off the ring very well. Why? Because he's a counterpuncher. Like I mentioned, he's a counterpuncher. He's a natural counterpuncher. So I sit back and go, well, if you, if you really took note and you noticed these things, then that may be the route you want to go. You'll make Canelo get out of his comfort zone. Kovala, as he did against the rematch against Alvarez, which was he boxed outside. He made the counterpuncher dance to a tune that he doesn't like to dance to. And he was able to, to, to get the win. Does he do that with, with Canelo? Does he make the natural 
smaller, stockier counterpuncher dance to a tune he doesn't like to dance to. I, that's the route that he should go, to tell you the truth. Kovalev should obviously stay in the outside, use his reach, jab, 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 take a step back, allow Canelo to counterpunch air and get frustrated. Allow Canelo to make those mistakes. You draw him in. That makes Canelo go, okay, shit, I'm not landing anything. Gets over anxious. And when your fighter gets over anxious, guess what? He makes mistakes. And when he makes mistakes, you capitalize it. And being that he's the bigger puncher, Kovala, those are the pockets and the moments you look for, you wait for. Because logic is telling everybody, the betters in Vegas and everybody else, is that Kovala is going to make the mistake of just going forward, not boxing, and allowing Canelo to dictate it with head movement and body shots. And that's going to be the tale of the story of, the, of this fight November 2nd. Well, I say, don't make it happen like that. I say, Kovala, if you're smart, your team are smart, and you, you watched it and understand the way Canelo fights, because it's not rocket science. If you watched him fight before, if you've seen him fight, then you know he doesn't bring a bag of surprises. I mean, he did bring a bag of surprises when he fought uh, Triple G in the rematch, right? He did. In that first half of the fight, he fought Gennady Golovkin's fight. But that's because he knew. Remember, he, it wasn't walk, he wasn't walking in new territory. He was aware of the power that Trippy, Triple G had, and he was aware that he could, he could absorb it. This one here, this time around, he's not, he doesn't know whether he sparred him in the past at Big Bear or not. Does, that doesn't mean anything. Those, those are sparring gloves and those are sparring moments. And trust me, you don't, you know, you're not going to get the 100% effect when it comes fight night, when things are on the line. Emotions are high. So Kovalev stays in the outside and boxes. Box. Box, box, and allow the shorter guy to start reaching for his punches. And that's when you start dropping that right hand. Nice and smooth like butter, man. Just cut right down the pipeline. And you know what? We may find out how good of a chin Canelo has. I think we're going to find out regardless. Because at one moment, it's the crusher's right hand is going to land. Danny Jacobs was able to land. Gennady Golovkin, Khan, Cotto. Everybody down that line has been able to land their shot. And he may even put Canelo on that queer street for a moment or maybe even put him on his ass. I mean, I, I, that's the true reason I'm, I'm watching is because I want to see... Can Canelo be the, the David in this Goliath fight? Or is this, another, is this another scene of the little guy can't beat, the good little guy can't beat the good big guy scenario? Is this going to be a Mikey Garcia 
jumping up and facing Errol Spence. And I know a lot of you guys been like, oh, Errol Spence is pound for pound is the best, this, this, and that. Shit, man. You know what? I, I don't know why so, so many are riding Kovala off. I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, I'm baffled by that when I hear that, you know? Because to me, it's fights like this. And you got to thank Golden Boy, the zone, uh, main events, and the two fighters to, that are willing to put, to, to, to do this, to do this fight on November 2nd. You, you got to applaud them both, you know? It makes sense more for Canelo because he's, he's chasing history. When Bernard Hopkins jumped up, Roy Jones jumped up, James Tony, Hearns, Leonard. When they all did that, they were chasing legacy. They were chasing history. Canelo's in that, in that long list. His size obviously is, is played in very well because I've, like I've said before earlier and even on this show right now is that he's, old, he's a big kid. At 140, 147, 154, I should say, man, this guy's frame is not fitting those smaller divisions. He doesn't belong in those divisions. He belongs in a heavier division. Maybe Max would be, maximum would be 168. 175, we're going to find out if it's a stretch. 175, we're going to find out whether or not he can do it. How comfortable and how fluid does he look at 175? And he even mentioned other fighters in the 105, 175 division shouldn't even be brought up at this moment because we don't even know how Canelo's going to look. And even if he's successful, is this a one-trial deal? And go back down? I don't know. That's why I'm intrigued. Very intrigued. Does he do, like I said, going back with Mike Garcia, does he go up and then we just go like shit? He felt the power of the crusher the way Mikey Garcia felt the power of Spence and stayed on safety mode, survive mode. Then he box. Let me get box enough to stay up and not, not leave on my back on the canvas. Or do we got to fight? Most of us are hoping that we got to fight because if not, there wouldn't be so many folks that are, that are riding out Kovala right now. A lot of folks are looking at Canelo as the hyena. Circling the lion. A hurt old lion. Half blind lion. Missing teeth lion. <laughs> right? I, I still think there's a lot of growl and a lot of scratch in this lion, though. Enough to keep an intruder out of his house, the 175 division. So let me recap really quick. What, what do I believe should, be, should each guy do? Well, Canelo, you fight your fight. You apply pressure when the mistakes are made by Kovala, when he 
being over aggressive. When he gets over anxious, like, yeah, let me get at this guy. Let me show him who's boss. And you capitalize on that by making a miss with that beautiful head movement that you have shown us in the, in the Triple G fights and Danny Jacob fights. And when he misses that big right hand, well, you whip that left hook to the liver and make him rethink and adjust. And then when you see him start gasping for air, and when you see Kovala drop his hands, then that's when you start going to the head. Attack the body, the head will fall. Is the same, right? But let's say that you feel the power of Kovala. Well, then you revert. You box. You stay out and you become choosy and you go in that survive mode. Try to make it to the end of the end of the line. Make that victory lap. Kovala, what does he got to do? Two things. Establish his jab. Establish he's the bigger guy. And Canelo's the intruder. And box on the outside. Try to stay away from being suckered. You know? Try to stay away from the guy rolling up in a white kidnapped van trying to entice you to get into his van with some candy. That's what Canelo's going to do. He's going to be like, come on, man. Come and get it. I'm, I shouldn't be here. I'm 158. Come and get this cinnamon bun. And I don't think he should take that bait. I think that he needs a box smart. Also, don't look for the target, meaning don't look for the head. Jab to the chest. Jab to that chest. Because the head will move, but the waist will stay still. And then when you occasionally have him moving that head, then say, F it, go to the body. That's your opportunity to land your body shots against Canelo. But box, box, stay in the outside. Make Canelo dance to a tune he doesn't like to dance to. Make him search for you. Allow him to slowly get frustrated. And then when the moment's right there and ready for you, when he's thinking about stepping forward, you release that right hand to crush her. That's been dubbed the questioner. And bang. You never know. You might get him to go night-night. Might give him that night-night juice. I'm, inv- I'm, I'm telling you, man. I'm really pumped up about this fight. I'm, I'm really am. The more I think about it, the more I, I have frames of what's happening in my mind, the more I'm like, God, dude, this could turn out to be a really, really good fight. Or this can be just a straight Dud, the way Mikey Garcia and Errol Spence turned out. You know, on paper, man, I'm telling you, on paper, you're like five eight, six foot. Okay. The six foot guy should be able to win this fight because he's established himself at 175. But Canelo's a special fighter. 
He has slowly, has slowly won the hearts of fans. He's gone to different phases as a fighter. Think about it. From cherry picking, from, from making guys jumping up two weight divisions to face him rather than facing the best at the time, from being called a cheater, for being said that he's, I, I like today I was told from one of the guys at my loss that, you know, man, I mean, he's facing Canelo. I mean, he's, you know, Canelo's facing Kovala. Dude, I can't believe he's scared of Triple G. And I'm like, how can he be scared of Triple G, man, if he fought him twice? And if you're scared of Triple G, you don't freaking jump up to 175 to fight, to face a bigger man. That's just plain stupid logic. Stupid. It means you don't pay attention. Pay attention. You know, I was watching the zone, and what's the I forgot that guy, reporter's name, man. It'll come to mind right now. But you know, they had two reporters, one of them from boxing who I really like. I like I like reading this stuff, and then they had that guy, Mike Coppertine, whatever his name, Carpenter, whatever. And I hate to say it, but these guys were bagging on this fight. They were like immediately, except for the guy, uh, Keith. Isaac, he wasn't. He wasn't saying like, Do, "Don't tune in to this fight." But that guy Mike from the zone was like, from athletic. He's like, Canelo's gonna win, plain and simple. No point in watching this fight. That's pretty much what he was saying. Pretty much, don't watch this fight. And I'm like, does this guy watch the sport? Like, how is he a writer for the sport? I mean, does he not know that this is a really good fight? This is a real major test for Canelo. I mean, this is a real test for Canelo, 175. Kovala could have been gone and out. If he had no heart, he wouldn't have made, rallied back into the Anthony Yard fight. If there was no will left in him, he wouldn't have rallied back. And Kovala's resume is great. He's got some real good names on his resume who he has beaten, who he has fought. He should have had that win over Ward. So the accomplishments of what the Crusher has done shouldn't be overlooked at all. For the, for the past couple of years for Canelo, he's finally have answered questions we've been wanting to know. And he continues to set that bar. He's jumping up 175. He's like, okay, I answered questions at 160. I can continue reigning there and face uh, Demetrius Andrade, Andre, I'm sorry, Andre, or Sergey uh, Dermanchenko, who just had a great fight with, with uh, uh, Golovkin, or I can get the, the trilogy fight with Golovkin. Instead, he was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break from the old lady. I'm, I want to see what else is out there. That's pretty much what he's saying right now by leaving the 160 division just for a moment. I want to see what else is out there. There's a big world out there that I have not ventured out to. And I want to go out there and look. And Kovala opened that door, sitting at the porch, said, come on in, boy. Let's make this happen.
I got a tune for you that you may not like. Saturday night, November 2nd, can come quick enough here uh, for myself. We're going to have a fight party here at my house. I'm really excited. It's been a long time since I've had a fight party. Got a lot of friends, family coming over so we could sit down and watch a historical night that may or may not happen. We could sit down and watch a dud fight that may and may not happen. And an and all action fight that may and may not happen. Undercard is good too. I'm not going to get too much into that, but I'm telling you, this is a real fight. I like this fight. Sergey Kovala, the crusher versus Saul Canelo Alvarez, November 2nd, Las Vegas on the zone. I'll catch up with everybody after this fight. We'll do a review on it. I will be back on Lever Ring, do a review on that fight, and tell you what, what I saw and what happened. Does the, do the judge, do they make it, do they give us that, because that, it's, it's never, it's not boxing, man, if, if one judge doesn't fuck it up. So does Kovala leave it on the line? With the judges? Does it leave it in the hands of the judges? Or does it leave it in the ring? Or vice versa? We're going to find out Saturday night. Tune in. The Zone. November 2nd. Canelo. The Crusher. It's fight season. I'm your host, Dave Duenas. I'll talk to you guys soon. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the pound for pound best radio show around the world. It's Leave it in the ring!